Hi, good morning. It's not morning here. It's afternoon. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Welcome back to the story of. I'm Regan Snyder and I'm so happy you're here. Today's story is about this family who was stuck in their apartment for a really long time, for 14 years. Listen, I get not wanting to leave your house because there's so many people out there and there's the chance that you're going to be really annoyed or you're going to be inconvenienced. And that you're just feeling antisocial, but staying inside for 14 years is a little over the top. This story really comes down to how the selfish actions of one person can really disrupt the lives of, of a lot of people. The story starts with a lady named Suzanne Reisenbickler. She was raised in Indiana, in rural Indiana, and she was raised on farms and she loved nature. She loved being outdoors. She loved going for walks. In 1989, when she was grown up and doing her own thing, she went hiking in Peru. She met this guy there. His name was Oscar Angulo and he was devoted to Hare Krishna. They fell in love and they got married just a few months later. After they got married, they moved to West Virginia and they lived on a Hare Krishna preserve. After living there for a little while, they decided they were ready for the next thing and they wanted to just go and be on their own. So they moved into their van and they lived this kind of transient lifestyle for a little while. But then in 1991, Suzanne gave birth to their first child. She had a little girl named Vishnu and she had Turner, Turner syndrome. It's a syndrome that only affects females one of the X chromosomes is partially or fully missing, so it can cause some medical or developmental problems like heart defects, uh, short height, slowed sexual development, and infertility. But she, she's not really a huge part of this story, but she was their firstborn. Throughout the 90s, they kept having babies until they had seven kids. So there was one girl and six boys. The brothers' names were Bhagavan. There were twins, Narayana and Govinda, Makunda, Krishna, and Jagadish. Narayana goes by Joseph now, and Krishna goes by Glenn, and Jagadish goes by Eddie. Their names were all Sanskrit names, and Oscar, the dad, wanted 10 kids originally. He had names picked out for three more kids, but Suzanne's body kind of saved the day. She, it was like, mm -mm, we're done. She couldn't have any more kids. It was closing up shop. So they had seven kids, just the seven. While they're living in their van and kids were coming into the world, they wanted to give their kids more stability. So they gave up living in their van and they moved into the Seaward Park Extension Housing Project in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Oscar said that they originally moved to New York to get money to kind of prepare for a move to Scandinavia, but they settled in their, into their lives there and they just never left. You know how that goes, right? Big plans, sometimes they don't work out. Life just has its own plans for you. So there's this family of nine. They're living in Project Housing in New York City on the 16th floor in this apartment. It was about a thousand square feet. There was a small living room upon entry. It was about two arm spans wide. Like if you stood and put your arms out, 
that you could fit two people across this living room. And then there was a hallway. And along that hallway, there was a kitchen. There were two bathrooms and four bedrooms. Well, Oscar's fear and paranoia got really, really bad. He took complete control over everyone in, his, in the family's lives, including his wife. His wife had it the worst. His reasoning was that he wanted his family to be more free. That makes sense. He said that they didn't want them to be contaminated by drugs, philosophy, or religion, but to, quote, learn who they are or what they are, end quote. Oscar was the only one that had a key to the front door, so I'm assuming he locked them in. No one in the family was allowed to leave, including Suzanne, his wife, and no one was allowed to come over. Oscar would even block the door with this tall ladder, and if anybody tried to move it or tried to break in, the ladder made this really loud noise. So it was kind of like his own personal alarm system. Oscar also didn't want their neighbors to know that there were kids living there. They, he just wanted to keep his family completely away from the world. He went as far as not allowing the kids into certain rooms. If the rooms had a shared wall, they weren't allowed in there. And that included one of the bathrooms and the living room. Sometimes he would put them in a room and they would have to stay there until he said that they could come out. He told them that they're good and bad people outside and that he liked to keep them all inside protected from the world. He also believed that their hair held power so the boys weren't allowed to cut their hair. So they all had really long hair. Very, very rarely, occasionally, once in a while, they would go out on these family outings, maybe a few times a year, and maybe not. Some years they didn't go anywhere at all. And it was never in the winter, it was always in the warmer months, if they went out. And they were given strict instructions to not talk to anybody, they weren't allowed to look at anybody. This dad was just very overbe overbearing. He was so controlling over Suzanne that she lost contact with her family. They had no idea what had happened to her, and they even hired a private investigator to get some answers. But Oscar had her so tightly hidden away that the PI wasn't even able to find answers for them. So they were just left wondering what happened to their sister and their daughter. Suzanne was so loving, but she was passive and you can't blame her for it because this was clearly a woman who was abused. I watched the 2020 documentary and the documentary called Wolfpack by Crystal Mazel and you I just <laughs> I thought this was going to be just a story that I talked about but watching these really gave me insight to who these people are and what they're like and Suzanne was a very loving mom and you can't help but feel bad for her. A lot of people will want to sit there and blame her for not getting the kids away but when you're in an abusive relationship like that it's not so cut and dry especially when there are kids involved especially when there are seven kids involved. The poor kids I mean because they were living in such a small tight quarters it was a thousand square feet these kids had to hear every argument every slap every type of abuse that Oscar was dealing out to Suzanne. Suzanne says that she felt stuck in the middle for a really long time. It's really clear from the documentaries that these kids love and admire and respect their mom. And in the documentary, one of the boys credits her for keeping their sanity. Oscar was one of those guys that just had very, he was very firm in his beliefs. He believed that the government was bad and controlled everyone like we were all robots. And his way of, of rebelling against the government was not to work. So he didn't work. So he was there all the time, I guess. 
He believed that working was being a slave to society, so they lived on welfare. And this choice of his, this very selfish choice of his, put his family in this crappy apartment for years. He believed that he was better than everyone and that he was enlightened and knew everything. He believed that people are victims to the circumstances of life. His crappy attitude translated into a crappy life for his family. When it came time for school for the kids, Suzanne began to homeschool them. Their only dose of the outside world was what they saw when they looked out the window and the stories that their mom would tell them about her childhood. Sounds like she had a pretty happy childhood, a loving family. So they would homeschool and for recess, they would run up and down the hallway in their apartment. They would roller skate. I mean, I can't even imagine how chaotic that apartment must have been with with that many boys. Boys are a different breed. Boys bounce off the walls. They just, they were born with immense amounts of energy and I'm kind of jealous of it. I wish I had energy like that. Can you imagine just jumping for fun? Anyway, so yeah, six boys, lots of energy, small apartment. That mom is a saint. As they got older, their saving grace was movies. Their dad, thank goodness, their dad allowed movies. They, he, they have like 5,000 VHSs, DVDs, and they would spend all day watching movies sometimes. They would memorize them. They would transcribe entire scripts by hand. They would make costumes and props with things that they had on hand, like cereal boxes, and they would reenact these movies. Makunda in particular was very dedicated to making these costumes. Suzanne said that he spent three years making a Batman suit. He would watch and pause the movie, and that's how he figured out measurements for this suit. I mean, he was very dedicated, but also what else is he going to do, you know? Movies obviously became a very big part of their lives. I would go as far to say as movies taught them about life a little bit. I mean, <laughs> movies are not real life. We know that. But they were able to see people speak to each other, communicate, like all those things that you take for granted by being able to be free and go out and be among the world. I'm sure they picked up a lot of those things from movies. Otherwise, they wouldn't have. The other thing that as I was researching for this and watching the documentaries and stuff, they're so lucky to have each other. I have four siblings. I'm close with all of them. I love them so much. There's just something so special about siblings and and your relationship with them. These brothers all had each other, and that's such a blessing. Even though they were stuck in this stupid apartment, they had each other. These kids weren't going to stay little forever. As time went on, the kids grew and they grew, and Oscar realized that he was losing some control. He blocked the windows with blankets. They didn't even have natural light at this point. They didn't have the view outside to look at the outside world. I mean, they were really cooped up. They were overall pretty happy kids, but at this point, they were becoming anxious and claustrophobic, unhappy. I can't even imagine. And I'm a homebody, so it must have been pretty bad. One Saturday morning in 2010, when Makunda was 15, it had been about 14 years that they were confined to this tiny apartment. He waited for his dad to leave for the grocery store. I guess he would shop in bulk, so he would be gone for a few hours, and he, he knew the routine. And he went to his movie props closet, and he grabbed a mask, 
It was a Michael Myers mask and put it on and left the apartment. He put it on so that if his dad did see him out and about, he wouldn't recognize him. So he's stepping into the world really for the first time by himself in New York. You can imagine. He didn't even know his address. So he made sure to keep his building in sight as he walked and he just kind of wandered around. He stopped into a pharmacy. He went to a supermarket and he walked into a bank wearing his Michael Myers mask. Banks and masks don't mix. So guess what happened? Somebody called the cops on him. So he was handcuffed and they took him away in an ambulance to Bellevue Hospital and he was held for a week in the psychiatric unit. He thought the experience was fun because it was the first time that he was able to connect with people outside his apartment. After the experience, he had to go home. He had to face his daddy. And this is when he told his dad that he refused to take his orders anymore and that they were no longer father and son. Makunda choosing to do this, to leave the apartment, was what, the, what set the rest of the family's freedom into motion. The boys were all between ages 11 and 18, and this was the first time that they were really leaving their apartment and stepping into the real world. I mean, they had had their little outings as a family before, just a few of them, it sounds like. But even then, they were under such strict rules, they really had no freedom. They would all dress in these suits and ties and put on sunglasses, kind of reservoir dog style. They all had this really long waist length hair. There were six of them. They stayed in a pack, a wolf pack, and they were hard to miss. And they ended up befriending this girl named Crystal Moselle, and she was a filmmaker. The stars aligned. They live for movies and they end up meeting this girl who's a filmmaker. Crystal became their first friend. She would be the first person to visit them at their apartment. She would soon realize that these guys had a really, really interesting story to tell and she wanted to make a documentary about them. She started filming them and she would film them for the next five years. She caught a lot of their firsts on camera, like the first time riding a bike, the first time at the beach, and the first time going to the movies where they saw The Fighter with Christian Bale. And they thought it was a really, really awesome experience. The documentary was called The Wolf Pack. Makunda leaving that apartment for the first time in 14 years ever in his life, really. He was 15 at the time. So this was his first time leaving his apartment by himself. This opened up a whole new world for his family. Suzanne got back in touch with her family. And you can tell she loves her mom so much. And it's so sad that they were apart for so long. She called her mom for the first time in years and years. And through tears, she was just telling her mom how much she loved her. Their world was opened up in a big way. They have this documentary made about them. They were able to meet celebrities in 2015, ABC 2020 did uh, their own documentary on them, and they arranged a reunion between Suzanne's family and her and her seven kids. So they got on a flight. They flew from New York to Michigan to go to Three Oaks, Three Oaks, Michigan, just a small town, and they got to meet Suzanne's family. They got to meet their grandma for the first time their aunts, uncles, just all that extended family. After meeting them, Makunda said, it feels like a whole new world just opened up. Just watching this family interact with each other, you can. there's so much love. It's so sad that they lost all those years. When Suzanne's sister Jane was asked what she talked about with Makunda, she said that she told him, quote, I thanked him for his courage, told him that I loved him, and I was so happy to finally meet him, end quote. This mom must have been 
incredible to have this many kids stuck in a 1,000 square foot space together and grow up to be so kind, so charismatic, so endearing, polite, sweet, well-spoken, articulate, smart, creative. I mean, you would never know that they were in the situation that they were for so long. They're just the sweetest kids. Just obviously, I don't know them, but watching them on these documentaries and reading about them, they are just really amazing people. I think Suzanne, even though she was a victim herself, had everything to do with the way that they turned out. 2020 also put together a surprise dinner for the boys to meet with Robert De Niro, who is one of their favorite actors. And their reactions were so cute. They're all sitting at the table, ready to eat. And somebody's like, hey, we need your attention. And in walks Robert De Niro and their jaws just drop. They can't believe they're meeting their hero. So they got to have dinner together and just sit and talk, visit. They talked about movies. So Suzanne, like I said, she had a pretty normal upbringing, it seems. She got to roam around and be a kid and explore and she loved nature and being outside. I think it's safe to say that her life was spent completely differently than she thought it would have been or what she would have liked it to be. When she was asked about the future, she says that she would love to leave the city and get back to the country where she can wake up to birds singing and grow her own food again. And her biggest dream is to, quote, start a healing center slash vacation retreat slash ranch where women and children who have been mistreated or abused who have had no positive influences in their lives where they can come and spend five days or a week and a half they can taste a lot of good organic food see chickens go running end quote she says that she would want to nurture them and just remind them that there's another way of living she also says quote i think a lot of women what they really need is just to know that it doesn't matter what the situation they're in that they have support end quote and in another quote, she says, there are shelters and places for women who are abused, but those are for the people who have taken that step. There are a lot of people who are not at that place yet. Those are the people I want to get, end quote. Despite being held captive throughout their childhood, the boys have an amazing look on life. One of the brothers says, quote, I think we're going to be more than okay. We're going to be great, end quote. In the 2020 documentary, when asked what made them so strong, they gesture towards Suzanne and they say, this woman right over here, mom, they love their mom. It's really sweet. I reached out to Makunda. I haven't heard, heard back from him and I don't know if I will. So the latest update I could find was in 2018. Suzanne had stayed with Oscar for a little bit, but as of 2018, they're estranged. Govinda and Narayana, the twins, were living, I don't know if they still are, but they were in 2018 living in their own apartment with a friend. A few of the younger kids were still at home, but Oscar had moved out of the apartment. Mukunda is or was living in Los Angeles and working as a production assistant and directing short films. Govinda went on to work as a cinematographer. Narayana is an environmental activist. I have a hard time saying environmental. Environmental. Narayana is an environmental activist. Jagadish is an inspire... And <laughs> I cannot say some of these words. Jagadish is an aspiring musician. He's really interested in 80s music. Bhagavan's a yoga instructor and a hip-hop teacher. And Vishnu, the sister, is a lot more private than her brothers. We don't really know much about what's going on with her. 
and that's the story of the wolf pack. If you want to know a little bit more about these brothers, the Angulo brothers, the wolf pack, you can watch the documentary. It's called The Wolf Pack. And you can see how sweet they are. They're just angels. I can't say enough good things about them. They just seem like the coolest kids. If you want to get in touch with me, you can on my Instagram. It's Reagan Tells Stories. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm so grateful for you. And I will see you next time. Bye.